0: Hey, it's Liam Garrity, the producer of Rosemary McCabe's *How to Be Sound*. I just wanted to let you know that my own podcast, *Meet Your Maker*, a show about the people who make the things we love, is returning very soon, and you'll hear people say things on it like,
1: "In fact, you know, you're, you're transporting what are classed as low explosives, so there's all sorts of paperwork to be done."
2: That is an Irish company that has taken over the store in Times Square. It was mad and it's great she knows we fucked i mean she's not stupid but i didn't tell her what it was called
1: i have no idea if she she might know but i'm just like yeah she would get upset about it i don't want to fucking make her
0: mad that's all coming up in two weeks time which means this is a great opportunity to binge listen to the first 13 episodes if you haven't heard them and one of them is a finalist at the new york festival's international radio awards next week just search for meet your maker wherever you listen to podcasts or meetyourmaker.ie
1: Hi and welcome to How To Be Sound, your fortnightly guide to being that little bit better at your everyday life, hosted by moi, Rosemary McCabe. That was my Miss Piggy imitation, which is really bad and I'm never going to do that again. In this episode, I'll be talking to Kirsty McDermott, co-founder of beaut.ie, former editor of Stellar Magazine, beauty guru, cat lady and content queen about the future of content both online and off. But first, some updates. If you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I have a Patreon account. But what you may not know is that I've lowered the barrier for entry. And you can now start your donations at $1 a month, which is about 89 euro cents, which will guarantee you membership of the How To Be Sound book club, plus it'll give you access to Patreon-only content. I'm basically going to be using it over the next while to upload some writing that I've been working on, so if you like the podcast, or you like my writing, or you just like me, or a combination of all three, it would be great if you would support me financially by donating that minuscule amount of money, and you can do that at patreon.com slash sound. Secondly, let's talk about ads. I've done the odd few ads on how to be sound and I am 100% up for doing more. Give me money. If you have a company that you'd like to expose to my listenership, really sound people, around 90% of whom are women and 80% of whom are based in Ireland, drop me an email at rosemary.mccabe at gmail.com with an A in my Mac. Now... Let's get on with the show. Kirsty. Hi. Welcome to our high tech studio. It is incredibly high tech. I'm sure this isn't what you're expecting from your How To Be Sound experience.
2: Oh, I've worked in the Irish media. It's absolutely perfect.
1: We are mad professional.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I first started the podcast, I decided I'd ask every guest if they remembered where we first met. Right. And then I totally forgot about that idea. Mm. And then I remembered it again when you were coming on. So I want to know, what do you remember?
2: Oh, my God. It's probably one of the like the blogger meetups, one of Damien Mully's blogger things, isn't it?
1: It was, it was in Arnitz when I was your stan, like super fan. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you meant my cat. No, I was like, what? no. Really? Um, I was in a cat costume and mm-hmm. I was like swiping other cats. <laughs> no, it was in Arnitz when you and Ashling were doing an event for, I think it was the first Bute.ie book.
2: Oh yeah, okay. And I think
1: I'd gone along with my mom and I think I'd either, I'd either bought tickets or I'd like put my name down and been like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they were paid for, if they were free.
2: I remember it was for the first book. Yeah. And it was around Christmas time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And the two
1: of us went along and you guys were there. I think your mom mm. was there. Yeah. She and I remember, because I think at the time I was probably still in college or I just started maybe working in production mm. at the Irish Times. And I just remember thinking that you were both very glamorous.
2: Well, you weren't wrong. Like no, in fairness, I wasn't. you weren't wrong. look at me now. And you were wearing fabulous <laughs> lipstick,
1: which a habit you've maintained until this day.
2: Do you like 47 lipstick?
1: years later. Off. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me look bad as well. Um, Obviously, mm-hmm. our relationship has gone from strength to strength. Yes, it has. It has,
2: it has. it has grown and flown. And we can
1: talk about our time mm. working on top yeah. of, and under one another, respectively. Christ. Kirsty <laughs> was the top in that relationship. <laughs> Actually, Let's, um, were you the power bottom, Rosemary? <laughs> no, I was, I was the versatile bottom. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit. Mm. You first set up Butte.e with Ashling, yeah. like way back when. 2006. And what was the landscape like when you first set up Butte? You know, do you think it would end men.
2: up being a job? No, it was angry men, that's what it was angry men who you were, were angry men, or the, landscape was, the angry? landscape was angry men, and they were unbelievably sexist. And then we had a couple of champions and people like um, Andrew, who's 20, who was 20 Major at the time, and Damien Mully, who were both always really supportive of us. Oh, yeah, 20 Major is
1: a ride. Right. Oh, me. he's an
2: absolute ride. Right. Hi, 20 Major, um, and a really nice guy, really, really, just a really sound man as well. Um, they were, they were very much on our side in terms of what we were doing. But then there was this just uh, very kind of neck beardy type. Um, something daddy, wasn't it? Oh, God, I can't remember who he was. But he was just this owl lad who really hated the pair of us because he thought that we weren't doing blogging right. When it turns out we were actually mm. doing blogging much better. So it started as a hobby, really. It was something I wanted to do because I was working as a web designer at the time. And I thought, you know, this would be a nice thing to do as kind of a personal project yeah. on the side because I probably wasn't getting to do a lot of the sort of things I wanted to do within my day job. And um, it so. It was, kind of, it was it was my idea, and I asked Ashley would she do it with me, and it just kind of took off from there because there wasn't anything like it at the time, mm. and it was very much the landscape at the time was very much. People were pissed off at women's magazines. Um, yeah. They were lazy. There was a lot of shilling in them. A lot of what is happening right now. It's amazing how things have come 360, to be honest you. A lot of what's you. happening right now in blogging. Within blogging, yeah, yeah or within yeah. influencing was very much how um, the uh, the media landscape was being seen at the time. So yeah. blogging was very, very fresh. And as a result of that, I think, and also as a result of the fact that we were we were the earliest adopter. That was me. That was me, everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> meant that we had an audience really, really fast. And we had these whopper figures really fast as Mm. well. We were getting like 20,000 people looking at the site a day really quick. And so it became apparent that we were going to be able to make some money off it. Not in the way that people are making money now, but from um, affiliate links, which we always declared. I have to say we were always just... It never made... It it never occurred to us to not declare all that stuff because... But you know what? I think
1: that might be because of the difference in... um, in kind of sentiment towards bloggers then versus now. Yeah. But obviously then you were the guys who were coming in and doing the honest reviews and you were the guys people trusted, whereas magazines were selling out, whereas now people think bloggers are selling out. So they're very like, oh, another affiliate link. Whereas back then they were like, great, I'm happy for you to get commission.
2: Yeah. I think. They were and they were, I think, look, I think all the way through this entire process, which I kind of feel like I've been there from the wild, wild west. Like I started working in web design around 97 when there was very few. It was like
1: geocities. Yeah, it
2: really was an angel mm. fire. So I feel yeah. like I've kind of been here all the way through it and it still is the wild west in a lot of ways. And there is still a long way to go for for regulation to happen and for Mm -hmm. people to really feel like they're not getting ripped off in so many different ways. Websites used to cost tens and tens of thousands of pounds or euro for not a lot and uh, you know, that has changed. And then apps started to cost a huge amount of money. And then that has changed. And now you're getting uh, people charging like so much money for a photograph on Instagram. Yeah. Um, there's actually not really a huge amount of justification for that. Um, well, there isn't in a lot of ways, to be honest I'm like with widening
1: you. my eyes going, shut up, Kirsty. Well, if, if I, I want to charge someone I work, work, Look, for I, football, I work in an I agency
2: and there isn't, to be honest. So, yeah. um, you know. And
1: you know, I mean, I think... Like from the point of view of somebody who does occasionally charge people to put mm. put photos on Instagram, I think it depends on whether or not you can go forward and go. You know what I did this with this brand, yeah. and they got this amount of engagements, and like this, like not just engagement, but, yeah, it's but qualifying they got this of sales. The, yeah. Yeah. What's the
2: KPI, yeah. and you know what 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 was the ROI on the on mm-hmm. the, the activity? It's all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with making money. There is something wrong with taking the piss. Yeah, and that's where we are at the moment.
1: And what kind of money were you? So like back in the day with Butte, what was your main revenue from? But because I know you mm. had your full-time job, so that was probably your main revenue for most of the time. Yeah. But then once you started getting like once it started gaining traction, was it banner ads? Was it competition? Yeah, we made
2: money off banner ads. We had an agency. But like banner was never a massive mental revenue because banner doesn't make you a lot of money because it's sold on a on a like a case of um ticks per thousand mm. and it's tiny and it's diminishing and it was all the time. Back then. Yeah, yeah, it would have been bigger then, but she wants I don't remember what the figures were. Um so we made money on banner, we made some money on affiliates sales and then um we would have made I'm trying to even think how then we'd work with brands like we'd launch a, we'd launch a brand with a with a we launched a new product with a brand mm-hmm. and we'd invite our readers to yeah, it you run do competitions. Events, yeah, but the one thing that we would never, ever do was sell reviews. And we were constantly asked to do that. Sorry, but that flies in the face yeah. of any editorial integrity you ever want to have. You've completely lost it straight away. If you were going to take money off a brand to review something, it's never going to be honest. So that was, we were constantly asked to do it. But we had enough savvy and editorial integrity ourselves to go, no, no way. I mean, we were asked to do stuff all the time, but it wasn't... It was about the money, obviously, because we I was making a living from it partly at one point, so I needed to make sure my income was was there, but not to the uh, extent where I was going to just do anything. Yeah. Definitely not for either of us, and we used to turn down things all the time. Like We were asked at one point to be the faces of a new Irish beauty website, like a transactional one, sort of, um, you know, one that would be selling in all sorts of different brands, and we just said no because we felt that it would compromise us too much. Oh, yeah,
1: of course, yeah, yeah. Whereas
2: that's the kind of thing that people do all the time now without even thinking about it.
1: But I think... I'm I mean, at that point, did you have a background in journalism? Had you been writing at that point already? No. Oh, interesting. No, I I have a design degree. I went to NCAD.
2: Because
1: I always thought that Mm. you had been writing before that. And I was always like, well, Kirsty was a journalist. No. Because, you know, kind of the excuse that I make for a lot of the younger bloggers Mm. now is that I'm like, well, they've never done anything else. They've come from school or maybe from college. They don't have any work experience. They don't have experience of yeah. having a boss. They don't have experience of being answerable to someone else. Well, bear they in mind. don't have anyone telling them what the guidelines are. I was
2: 32 at the time. Yep, I, had, so been in, I had been in the workforce for about 10 years. Um, I had always worked in creative industries where I was answerable to clients. And I, you know, I, so therefore I was used to having pushback from people. And I've never understood why people won't take criticism. Yeah. Never. And I
1: mean, you were also a magazine reader. Oh, absolutely, and I think that makes a huge difference too. That they're obviously a whole oh, no, Rosemary, of just a reader never, in general. Yeah, well. you know. But, you know, there are obviously a whole sway to 20-something bloggers who don't read magazines, who don't no. read journalism and who don't who really don't put the consume. pieces together. No, yeah. they
2: don't. Yeah. Or just, you know, you need to actually be consuming stuff outside of your own sphere of influence. And, you know, you need to be widening your own. And this isn't only fashion and beauty at the end of the day. It's very easy to get really head up about so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. And it's, an, it's a bloody outrage. And yeah, it is an outrage, but it's also an outrage within a microcosm. Yeah. Um. You know, it is just fashion and beauty at the end of the day. Although
1: fashion is the second biggest industry in yeah. Europe. It's it? You, it's
2: a, fashion is, a, is probably one of the biggest global industries yeah. it employs hun, it employs millions of people worldwide and it's really easy to dismiss it because it's fluffy it's a,
1: women, it's a woman's thing yeah, yeah
2: exactly but it is a massive industry i mean obviously men have to wear clothes too so yeah. i'm not saying fashion isn't. For it's you, also fraught with um huge injustices and it's course, very problematic yeah. and all that stuff but it's still a massive global employer so yeah it, it is it is unfair to just dismiss it and it tends to be dismissed. And one of the things that struck me as being massively unfair was that we were being dismissed by, you know, we used to get all this criticism, especially on Twitter, which would have been the dominant social um, media yeah. platform at the time. You know, around it was hugely active yeah, 2006, in Ireland, 2006, yeah. um, by all these guys who were mad into gaming and football. And you're just like, <gasps> fuck off. Like, yeah. you're like, you're, it, you're in no way you. superior. Also, you are in no way superior just because you like this particular thing. And, and I happen to like, and actually, I like loads and loads of different things. Tons of different yeah. things. I just don't happen to talk about them all the time.
1: You know, what's really interesting to me at the moment, um, and I know we said that we wouldn't, maybe wouldn't talk mm. about this. And now I'm going to talk about it. Is that men who love football mm. are very scathing about people who like Love Island. Uh, well, and I'm i like, think There's nothing better yeah. Morally about watching football no, of Than there is there about isn't. Watching
2: love <laughs> Like this isn't A zero sum game And I think people forget this And yeah. I know I'm always Talking about zero sum games But um, I if, like it I like it too Because it's a really good way Of explaining One thing is not equal To the other yeah. You can actually like All this stuff And it doesn't make you A better or worse person Than the other Yeah Absolutely Like
1: you can be pissed off That somebody in mm. the office Made a joke about Women being in the kitchen While also acknowledging That women in Iran Are being stoned to death You know what I mean That like those aren't on the same level when people go like you give out about injustices in Ireland why don't you try living in the Middle East see that is just
2: reframing the argument in a really unhelpful way like just fuck off with yourself actually you know piss off that stuff is so so annoying and it's always done by somebody who just doesn't want to engage
1: yeah well I mean who doesn't have an argument for what you're talking about absolutely not and that's the only thing they have but let's get back to let's get back to you okay great after bute.ie What happened then? Like, where did you go after that? You you had established a name for yourself at that point as yeah. a writer, hadn't so you? So basically,
2: uh, within about 10 months of starting the site, um, I was approached by Image to do uh, a maternity cover of their beauty gig, which is the, it's the beauty editor gig in the country. Um, so I went in and did that, did that for a year. But the site was really taking off after that. So I left and focused on being freelance. And I was freelance for about four years, I think. And did you I, get a mortgage while you were freelance? No. Uh, that would no, be I didn't. an inspiring tale. Go on. No, I didn't. I got a mortgage at 29. So before I even started. Oh, Beauty. God. I know. Yeah. Sorry, Rosemary. No. Um, <laughs> Damn it. Um, but in a, on a very small flat, like tiny little flat, um, which we lived in for 12 years. So all the way through the crash until we uh, could save to get out from he- under the it. The heady days of your 20s Yeah, I know. But anyway, there you go. Look, it's not all uh, definitely not a tale of an influencer. It's not all sunshine and marble dining room tables from Harvey Norman, is it? Oh, my Christ. It absolutely is not. Um, so no after after um, which I left, I left in March two thousand and twelve because i want I ha- like I am the kind of person that needs to be doing different things. And I really felt like I wasn't going to be able to keep moving on with it. I wanted to do something different. And after I left, I uh, was then offered the job of deputy editor at Stellar, which I did for a year. And then I got the editorship at Stellar. And uh, I was at the I was there for two more years. And you were obviously my deputy then in that first year of my editorship. I was your power bottom. You were my power bottom, Rosemary. And then after that, um, I was highly, keenly aware I needed to go back to digital because I think you can be very um, print oriented and, and it's not such a good thing. Thing, even though print is my absolute dream, I love it the most. I think, though my, you know, my writing career, I suppose my words career, would have started within blogging. Um, I needed to get back to hone those digital skills because I have to, well, I'd be thinking very much about the future. Yeah. You know, where am I going to go? What's next? Especially and it's such within, a narrow
1: field within print, yeah, especially it is. in Ireland.
2: Within this industry. And mm. my a former boss of mine, a woman called Karen Hess, who I'd worked for on a part-time basis when I was freelance at a company called Difflin, had started a new content media company. Um, so I went back to work for her as her head of content. So I've been there for about 18 months. And uh, I kind of, I've since the beginning of this year I've been kind of doing my job job and also I've been kind of looking on I've been sort of working on house and home magazine as well so I've got a bit of magazine work in the mix as well which I really love actually. Yeah so you get to
1: do your like two mm. things that you're interested in and passionate yeah. about.
2: Yeah, and then in the middle of all of that kind of freelancy stuff over the last few years, I've been lecturing. I worked on the Sunday Times. I worked in the Sun for a bit. I worked for the Tribune. I worked for the Herald. So I've done actually so many different things over the years.
1: And and you had your own side, Frill seeker. I did. I still have it, but I've never ever You're going to.
2: Yeah. You know what though? You kind of get to a point where like I was so hyper busy, like over over busy, where I would I had three jobs. One of which was a full time job, which was Butte, because. Like and people didn't realize any of this stuff at the time because I um because it's, neither Ashing or I were ever into talking about ourselves per, yeah. you know publicly but because Ashing was unwell I would have taken on most of the burden there so that was a full time job for me and then I was doing two other jobs as well because I needed to I needed the income basically so they would have been part time things that I would have just done on top so um you know I was so hyper busy for so long that now I kind of really like having my weekends to myself yeah. and and actually, I find that I really like Instagram as a microblogging platform. I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it is actually really nice. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's something that I think you, without trying to, have kind of built up a following and built up a level of engagement. Oh, my 5,000
2: like followers. Yeah. Micro,
1: micro influencing. No, mm. but I mean, like, you get more responses to your stories from what I can see than I do with 40,000 do you know what I mean and like I've tried really hard to build my following whereas that's, you haven't Yeah, but so that, different. that's different
2: that, that's actually like an accepted metric like I look at those kind of things that work all the time actually the bigger your reach the less you know the less engagement yeah. you get so that's actually the way it goes you will get more engagement at 5,000 than you will at 40,000 and at 100,000 it's down to like about it's down to under 1% yeah, so when, mad, I, when I yeah I know and this is one of the reasons why I kind of have to laugh when I see people complaining about this stuff on you know maybe various platforms online that's that's what happens. This this is kind of one of those things that happens. Mm. It's it, it is what it is, you know. People feel less they feel less connected to you. They feel less able to talk to you. They feel more disenfranchised from you when you're when when you have more followers and it is it is what it is.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think as well in Ireland if you look at people who have an mm. awful lot of followers, their growth in followers has coincided with a growth in perceived income mm. because you can see them now buying yeah. more expensive things they, you know they live in bigger houses yeah and that creates a distance between you and your followers who then for better or worse kind of resent
2: yeah they absolutely the do are
1: now like quote-unquote rubbing in their
2: faces yeah which and you maybe had no intention of doing that it's very unfair in a lot of ways mm. but it, it but it, it absolutely happens and it kind of maybe is a bit of a lesson to not share so much of, your, of yourself with people, yeah. but also that's how people get to where they are now. That's what people like. Yeah. It, 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 we are in the era of, of, of the personal yeah. influencer. They want to know
1: exactly what you're doing, yeah. but not if it's something that they can never do. Yeah, no, and Not if, can't and never do, can never do. And if
2: you came from the girl next door, you know, sort of situation, but, you know, kind of, you know, you're better looking than, than, than the girl next door and you're but it still feels attainable. That's a really good hook for somebody to follow. I can, The psychology of it's really obvious, mm. actually. Uh, and then all of a sudden you start buying Gucci and you were buying pennies. It's really easy to see why people would turn on you. Yeah. I don't think it's right. I obviously don't. But I completely understand why it happens. Or I see why it happens.
1: Yeah. Like in, in an ideal world, mm. we would all be happy for everyone else. But we're only human. So sometimes you go, fuck's sake.
2: Well, I don't, Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hmm. I'm looking sceptical. Um... So you've worked obviously in print yeah. and in online. Mm. But one of the conversations that I have a lot with people is to kind of go like what's what's a really good women's site in Ireland? And and why do you think we're still not really getting it? Or do you think we're still not really getting it? I
2: think um one of the reasons why um like I uh, maybe and this is this is probably a criticism just in general of, of media here is that budgets just aren't there. Yeah. And it's nothing to do with the quality of the people that we have. I think there's some really amazingly talented people working within Ireland. I think uh, I think actually Irish radio, for example, is some of the best radio in the world. It's really, really wonderful. No, but it is actually. And, and you will always get people saying that. Um but we have really talented people who are massively overstretched. And mm. it's very, very hard to, you know, to really plan things properly when you're reacting all the time. So I don't think that, you know, we're necessarily bad at what we do. I just think we're, there's there's too few people working on the sites that there is. Yeah. And um, they're not resourced well enough. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at some of the sites in the, in the UK, like some of the magazine sites are not great. So what are we, what are we, yeah. what are we comparing against exactly? Like, not everything can be a Refinery29. Well, that's kind not of what I was going to say, that pool. like,
1: when I think about a good magazine mm. site, I think about, I'd go to Refinery29 yeah. to go, what am I going to read today? Like, yeah. they have some really good features. They have some really excellent long reads. Yeah. But then when you think about Ireland, you might have max four mm. people working full time on a magazine site, if even,
2: Absolutely. I mean, then, that would be a luxury. Yeah. And
1: then how are you yeah. going to write your long reads? How are you going to re- yeah, you know, research your features? Because you have to write 12 pieces a day.
2: No one's been given the luxury of that time. No. Uh, and But the same goes on, on um, you know, on print media. No one's been given the luxury of that time anymore because they don't have it. I mean... You know, on, on even things like The New Yorker or, or, you know, those kind of very, you know, long read type publications in the US, people would be paid a proper salary to write three or four pieces yeah. a year. And like that doesn't really happen anymore and stuff like The Atlantic. And that's a real shame because if we're not investing in quality journalism, we're not going to get quality journalism. Um, and also the other thing that happens as well with, um, you know, with online stuff is what what invariably will happen is stuff won't get written if it's not getting read. So if you're going through the metrics and you're looking at, oh, well, that really amazingly intelligent piece we wrote about that really cool artist only got read 50 to like, yeah. f- only got 50 clicks well, then we're not going to write any more of that. But the thing about Kim Kardashian got 50,000 clicks, it's a no brainer, you know?
1: And that's that age old thing that if you're somebody who comments on Facebook and goes, why is this a story? Comment on the pieces that you want to see. Yeah. Don't comment on the pieces about yeah. Kim Kardashian. Don't comment on the pieces about people mm-hmm. from Love Island. Don't comment on the clickbait. Comment on the features that you're going, yeah. I'm really glad somebody got paid to write this and I want to see more of this. But I just
2: don't think that connects. You see, we work in the media. Um, so you understand that. And I, I keep drilling this into my team all the time. Stop downloading things. Stop thinking that it's free. You work in a content business. Therefore, you need to understand that content needs all content needs to be paid for that means Mm. buying books buying magazines not downloading um like like video content and and shows i never do that actually i know that makes me sound really pure but i refuse to do it because it has to be paid for somewhere and if it's not getting paid for on the end on, on on the consumer end then there is no money to fund it on the other end
1: but do you do Netflix? Actually?
2: Yeah, I pay oh, for yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I pay yeah, for okay. Netflix. I pay for Spotify, which is a crap way to pay for music yeah. because I have always, always bought records. But I I decreasingly buy records these days and I just pay for Spotify. Um, I have a huge amount of um digital magazine subscriptions, subscriptions that I pay for. And like there's a bag of magazines over there. I just logged in with me because I need to go home and read them for research that I bought this week. But. You have to pay for the content you want to consume. If you just want to download stuff, then be prepared for there to be nothing in a few years' time. Yeah, like it's going to be the content apocalypse.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, by that same token, don't like don't pay for the people you think are crap. But if they are yeah. people you think are good, then mm-hmm. find ways to support them yeah. because you know if you want that kind of stuff to last, mm. if you basically, I mean, I was reading a piece today no, about it's how true. everything has turned into, into their Kardashians. Like mm. like ten
0: years ago, we would have looked at them and gone, they're ridiculous, and they dress. Mm.
1: Ridiculously, and their bodies are like Barbie dolls and now every single boo, pretty little thing, misguided, top shop, all of the ads look like Kardashians. But there's a
2: reason for that because people respond to it. People just love the Kardashians. They absolutely love them and Um, they really want to consume everything that there is to do with them.
1: I want to be a Kardashian. It's mental.
2: You touched on something there that I wanted mm. to ask
1: you. Do you still buy magazines? Yes. You obviously do, but yeah. like, do you still buy magazines not just for research? And which magazines do you buy?
2: Oh, I have a subscription. I have a Zinio account and I have a subscription to around 10 or 12 different magazines. So I have loads of interiors ones that I would research for work. But then I still, my, Cosmo US is my guilty pleasure. I love Cosmo. That's an amazing magazine. Why um, guilt? Oh, it's not guilty no it's just, just is it because of
1: the sexy the no sex it's because it's probably
2: like I'm way too old for <laughs> it um, it's just beautifully produced like so like feature packed the design of it's absolutely gorgeous I, I just really really like it um, Cleo was one of my favourite magazines of all time it's, it's Australian, Australian. It? it's gone yeah such a shame it was um Kerry Packer title it was a wonderful magazine but it went about two years ago. It was one of my favourite magazines ever. It was an amazing magazine. I loved it. And then, um, what else do I subscribe to? Like loads of Australian magazines because they're brilliant. Australia does really, really good magazines. Australia's Home and Gardens is wonderful. There's one called Better Homes, I think, that I really like. And um, just loads and loads of stuff. LS, L Deco Australia is really good as well.
1: I would never have thought of Australia. You no, know, Australia
2: being... makes great mags, beautiful light. Just seems to it, <laughs> honestly, that's it. like everything just looks so good. Beautiful sunshine, beautiful
1: light. So, do you think? I mean, I know you're not a you're not a clairvoyant, are mm. you? Uh, do you think magazines will survive? Yes,
2: I do think magazines will survive, but I think magazines will survive in within niche, and I think that they will survive within the the realm of branded content. So, I think there's absolutely a future for magazines, but I think that we need to start. We'll start to see magazines being done differently. I mean, that's already happening, and there has been a huge surge in in uh, independent magazines in the last number of years. More independent magazines have appeared than in maybe the last ten years, than have appeared in any period since. So, but what's what's shrinking is the consumer magazines that we we have known and loved in our newsstands. Like Glamour has gone, and mm. um, Look went recently. Well, Glamour's
1: now. Bu- um biannual isn't it Biennial, biannual yeah
2: and it was a kind of um, and actually I I did buy it it was a beauty issue the last time and it was kind of a a, it was a bit odd actually but Mm. uh, you know they're obviously
1: still figuring out what they're going
0: to do yeah
2: or maybe it was just a way to satisfy the advertisers who knows so if it appears again then whatever and there was a company went and that was they had done a really nice job with that actually and then it it just disappeared Mm -hmm. Um, so magazines are just go, shrinking and shrinking and shrinking all of the time. But the ones that are shrinking are the ones where it's very easy to get their content online. So the yeah, kind of true. fashion, beauty, gossip, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't think you can replicate chat and take a break. I just think they're going to stay. Um, also, the ones where maybe their audiences are aging and there's no similar audience like the Radio Times, the RT Guide. I don't think they're going to last forever either. Because why do you we all need? used to buy the RT Guide mm. at Christmas. Yeah. religiously every single yeah. year. Is there necessarily a need for a you know a title like that going into the future?
1: No, I mean similar to glamour mm. when you think about it, the glamour was very yeah. celebrity news, like you know, fashion trends, all stuff that you're yeah. gonna get two weeks ahead yeah. online. So You don't actually, need it, yeah. yeah. I
2: mean and like, and that was that was kind of look's downfall and it'll probably be Grazia's downfall as oh, well. Because, yeah you know, you're looking at some sort of celebrity strapline on Grazia and you're like, but sure I knew that last week. Yeah, so. five
1: days ago. Because it
2: went to press last, you know, so it's it, yeah. it had to, a and, necessity. And I mean,
1: they probably are, are tightening mm. their press turnovers. You know what I mean? That they probably we are to, going to yeah. press on a Thursday and coming yeah. out on Monday, but it's still too long when everything's yeah. so instant.
2: But, but what is actually increasing in, um, what is doing well in magazines is luxury. And one of the reasons for that is because people who have a lot of money to spend are willing to invest or willing to buy a magazine to look at it. Um, and you can see that across things like Love and you can see it across Vogue. And Porter is a really, really good example of this. So Porter grew from an e-commerce business. It grew from net Porter. Yeah. Um, and that is a, like a bizarre thing to have happen now in the age of magazine shrinking for an e-commerce business to launch a magazine and to have it Yeah, it, it does seem
1: backwards,
2: 10% um, year on year, Porter has increased in circulation. So it's actually doing phenomenally well. ASOS is another example of a an e-commerce brand that launched a magazine That is, people fight to get that magazine. And one of the reasons why it's so covetable is because you can't buy it. You have to be a premium subscriber to get it. So there's all these examples like Acne Paper is another example of that. So where brands are putting their customer first... Is, is a really good way is a good example of where magazines are going to go. It's marketing essentially, but it's it's content marketing. And I think that's one of the reasons why magazines maybe ten or ten or twelve years ago were dying is because they weren't talking um to their reader. They were talking down to the yeah. reader. Nobody wants to be talked down to. They want to be understood. They yeah, want they to want be to have loved. a conversation. They want to be given really useful content that is relevant to them. So yeah. one of the things when I when I was looking at House and Home um, in January was to put more people into that magazine, to put lots more tips into it. Stuff that is um expert, that is gonna give you a lot of interesting and useful advice if you are on that home buyer or home um you know renovation journey. Because that's what a magazine should do. Yeah. It should provide you with something, lots of things actually, that are very valuable to you so that you are yeah. um Well I like kind, kind of
1: kind of harking back to the day when people read magazines, cut out things and put them on their fridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? That your mom would always have a recipe from a magazine yeah. that you could then have something on you know on the mm-hmm. fridge that gone I'm going to yeah. do that with the living room. Here's the, here's Absolutely. a really good idea for bookstores. But you
2: have to really understand your user. You 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 know your your user persona. That's that marketing term. But mm. like a lot of magazines are marketing. Do you remember we had it? We had a user for seller. We had a rea- we had a yeah. we had a reader, and she was Sarah, and she was 27, and that was a piece of work I did when I started because I had I had done a lot of marketing over the years of like doing Butte. and I think maybe that piece is missing with a lot of. Um, this generation of bloggers and influencers, because it's very much about them. It's not about what they can offer their reader or their viewer. They don't really care about that, possibly. I mean, I'm sure some of them do. I can't generalize because I, I don't really know. No, but, but I but, was highly focused as a blogger on... I'll just talk over you there, Rosemary. Yeah,
1: no, no, no. But I mean, just yeah. like as a blogger, I think you, you're you're not going into blogging thinking, mm. what can I give people? There is an ego and narcissism thing that you're going... What can I share? Like, what well, of what, what of can me would get, be of interest? I, think, I mean, I think what there is can a bit I of that get? Maybe,
2: sometimes. and I don't think we were that bothered about it. But
1: you probably didn't get as much stuff as they get now, either. No,
2: can I tell you? When I was Image's beauty editor, I used to get so much stuff, and when I did beauty, I used to get so much stuff, and it all diminished over the years. Oh, I like I used to get bucket loads of things. But like, what free was, lipstick? What,
1: what was the best free thing you ever
2: got? Oh, I went on a uh, well. This can turn into like, what was the best? When was the best? press trip I went on a, a press trip with Nivea once um, where I was um, flown on to Hamburg and then put on a cruise ship and Rihanna was flown on and she did a 20 minute set and like did- did she have to talk to you? No, no. Because was a, no, she never talked to me personally. But, no, but I mean, she didn't mm. have to schmooze. Like. No, and then they flew her back off again. And the entire German football team was on, the, um, was on the boat as well. And it just sailed up and down the Delft for a night. And then we all went home again. I'm kind of more excited by the German football team than I am about Rihanna, to be honest. Well, I didn't know who they were.
1: Um, well, I mean,
2: neither would I, but I'm sure they would great cabs. That, w- that was pretty good anyway. That was a good one. Oh, there's been millions of things. I can't even think.
1: On the, on the future of yeah. print, mm-hmm. uh, where do you think bloggers fit in? Do you think they do? Will, will bloggers oh, yeah. survive or will they all be, be unveiled and it'll all be over?
2: No, I think the, the regulation is going to come. I mean... Do you remember, like this is this is to completely like look at a totally different industry? There was a time, probably twenty years ago, when electricians <laughs> were complete cowboys, and then regulation. No, seriously, I often liken bloggers to electricians, right? Because there were then the, that that um, industry got completely regulated, and they all have to be a member of a certain group, which I now completely forget the name of. But if you it's, it's recy or something, I can't remember it now. But you if you don't get an electrician who's a member of that group, then they're an absolute cowboy. So I think. Uh, regulation is coming and uh, the ASAI just don't seem to be doing it quite right yet but they are going to have to be regulated because if you know Lots of people are crap at their jobs, quite frankly, but generally they work with other people who are going to sit them down and give them tasks and, and, you know, bring them up to speed. But also, even mm. even if they
1: don't have bosses, Mm. they have colleagues who who, who like that will sit them down and go, you know, that piece of Mm. work that you did, you know what I was thinking, wouldn't it be a little bit smarter if if we turned it around like this? Or have you seen that this person's actually already done this? So let's do this. Or, you know, that thing that you agreed to do for this person here, why don't you not do that?
2: Because that's... Totally but in fairness, Rosemary, like, if you were if if you were somebody who was, um you know, you were gorgeous looking and you were doing really well. And if you were, I was gorgeous looking, well, obviously we both are. But you know, you know what I mean? And you, <laughs> Me and your too. Instagram was taken off and you were getting approached by brands after right and centre and no one had ever turned around to you and gone. That's not how you spell that. That's atrocious. That's really lazy and sloppy why Listen, wouldn't you think I, of course that, I'd be happy
1: as Larry so, be taking the money so I'd like, be I really
2: have to say like I think that it's very unfair a lot of the time that um, I really have to say that a lot of um, you know criticism gets leveled at bloggers when actually there's a responsibility on agents very much on agents who get left out of this conversation a lot of the time mm-hmm. and, um, and, and on brands and on brands yeah to to actually police the stuff why are, why, are, why are like if I was commissioning a blogger to do some work or anyone in fact I'd want to see mood boards I'd want to see I'd want to get the gist of what they were planning on doing so i could go no that's not what i want yeah. i want it like this i would want to see the suggested copy beforehand so i could proofread it like there where's the quality control you would be a nightmare client I, no i wouldn't actually i'd make sure that the, that that they worked and it, they got a professional piece of work out no, of it I know. as well yeah yeah because that's what a, that's what a responsible agency should be doing so i don't really understand this like don't be letting people off loose to create content for your brand you know, without actually doing any checks and balances. You know, that seems really irresponsible. Yeah, but
1: I mean, I think it is because it's just also new. So everyone's just going, let's just throw money at this instead of thinking like, how can we create something good that's going to, you know, that's going to provide value for people as well as getting value for us. They're just going, let's just put up a picture of her drinking that drink. And, and it'll be grand, you know what I mean? The, the, yeah, you know there's I, d- I do, yeah. But the, there's no
2: strategy. It, it's the problem is there is absolutely no strategy. Like yeah. a blog isn't a content strategy. It, it, it absolutely is not. It is not a content strategy. It is a part of a content strategy. And asking somebody to just do a, a Snapchat, which is which is gone the next day, so you can never measure anything from it, is is completely ridiculous. It should go hand in hand with a blog post, with an mm-hmm. Instagram, with a Facebook, mm-hmm. with a, with a series of things where they're running a mini campaign for you, and then you, at least you're going to get some bang for your book and you can go into your uh, you know your marketing meeting that month and go well we did this and we got that from it and the ROI of it was this and we don't think actually that worked that well and maybe we won't do it again or that was brilliant and we're going to look for something similar and you're seeing an awful lot of like really badly placed people working for brands that that then are quite off they might have a very quick return in uh, an uplift in sales temporarily But yeah, for those twenty-four yeah, hours. Yeah, but then it's off-putting because they're not maybe right for the brand and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I think
1: thing. I think there's also a lack of kind of forethought in going. Mm. How can we work with this person for six months instead of going? Mm. Let's do a campaign this week, and yeah. then they do a similar campaign for a totally different brand yeah. in the same bracket next month and then the audience is going well you know she was loving that tan last month and now she's loving this tan it looks stupid exactly
2: and are promoting one chemist group one one week and then promoting another another but like that's that's down to the brand who should be saying we want an exclusion zone around this we don't want you to mention anybody else for three months
1: yeah but they obviously won't do that because that's much mm -hmm. more expensive as well so like if if, if you say to a to a blogger okay what we want to work with you for a year we want you yeah. to be exclusive that suddenly becomes five figures
2: then the net result is that people are pissed off and they're giving out about you yeah. online so like it, what's what's it worth what's it worth to you basically and like there ha- i have seen some really good examples of of um brand content we talked about one recently actually um, Holly White who I love and think is fantastic she did a really good piece with um, Dyson over their air purifier oh, yes. yeah, and, yeah. and it was very good it was very natural and that's the way branded content should be yeah. it should be a piece of work that feels natural is value to the reader value to the brand and value to the blogger themselves and that's the only way that branded content should work and actually I love branded content I'm incredibly passionate about it if it's possible yeah. to feel sexually attracted to so uh, advertising good. so do
1: I want it's mm. good to, you know so, yeah. so I'm Love going it. oh my god that's perfect like mm. that person like Holly White or even yeah. like Holly White working with Yonka because she's all about yes. kind of natural sort of skin care but she's clearly savvy
2: enough to know the brands she should not shouldn't be working yes. with and I think maybe that isn't so apparent in in some other but you
1: know what she's also know. older yeah and she's worked she's in also the media my age, you know yeah, what yeah. Mean? she's yeah. also worked in the media yeah. so she For knows years. she knows what
2: she's at you know,
1: you mm. know Holly White was Bex and Dan and Bex
2: I do know that would you ever go back to blogging Um, not full time no I mean I I would like to think that I will do some blogging again at some point but I I was saying to you I do actually enjoy having my weekends like I need to spend time with Stan and Boo Rosemary you know Stan and Boo are quite demanding of my time
1: those are Christy's cats
2: they are my cats (laughs) yeah you can follow them on my Instagram which is at Christy McDermott
1: we're about to get to that part (laughs) you've
2: totally jumped the gun sorry Rosemary you can edit that out
1: (laughs) um and are you going to bring Feel Seeker back or no? Well, like it exists. Like, yeah, oh, it, yeah. It like had been,
2: there. yeah. Like it had been a Drupal website, which I had um, had made by a friend of mine so that it, I could do all these really like fancy things with pages and like galleries and stuff. And then it was just a nightmare to maintain. So I got him to redo it into a WordPress site last year and then promptly wrote two things and then didn't do anything with it again. So yeah, I mean, my hope is that I will. But I am actually quite enjoy. Like, I mean, I've I've had not particularly fun year so far. So mm-hmm. I've kind of been enjoying like having my weekends and like I don't I don't really put my personal life on Instagram because I don't want to so if you don't see me on Instagram for a few days it's probably because I've been out doing things seeing friends having fun maybe seeing my family um so I don't really yeah I haven't actually had a lot of spare time over the last few months and I quite enjoy that I don't really want to give up a huge amount of my time but I miss writing about beauty a lot, actually. So, if I do, it will be to write about beauty. And
1: I think people miss you, like uh, no, and, and I mean your do voice. You really, let's do a poll. <laughs> your voice mm. writing about beauty because I think um, there's a lot of gushing, and I think that's something that that you never did with beauty. You know, you, well, we definitely tried not to. You'd be like, I love this product and here's why. But it wasn't like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. No, because everything cannot
2: be. And this is the thing I think that I find really hard to stomach as well. Well, there isn't a lot of blogging at the moment. Do you you not find that? It's all, there isn't a lot of blogging. It's all social media, isn't it? Yeah, it is all social media. I've actually started blogging more lately. Yeah.
1: Like, I suppose kind of strategically because I'm going, Mm. well, nobody's really blogging. So there's a gap.
2: There is. And also there's a gap in SEO terms as well, which I think is something that maybe there's there's a lack of technical knowledge, I think, as well, probably mm. within that new generation where they don't really understand that there's a huge amount they can gain um, in SEO terms yeah. by actually writing strategic content that will get them that long SEO gain. Um, and that was one of the things that I was highly aware of when I was, do- I'm moving my arms around a lot now, um, you know, where we would write stuff that would be quite strategic, like the 10 foundations you need to know, because people Google that stuff, foundation mm-hmm. for oily skin, and then you'd get a long tail evergreen kind of search return on that every single month. So it would keep your figures up. Yeah. You know, those kind of things are important if you're blogging and you know, and they're, they're strategic. Um, and it's probably one of the things why, you know, kind of I'm in the job I'm in now, but you need to think about that stuff. But it's all useful, helpful content. What can you do to help your user? So that's one of the things. I mean, it's going back to the whole magazine thing. That's where magazines will go.
0: Putting yeah. the user
2: at the center. Niche, what, what, specific what topics. What can we do for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, yeah. And what can we do about your interest that's that's interesting to you? Yeah. That can help you out? Um, absolutely. I don't think they're going to die in any way, shape or form. Um, the Weir's magazine just came out, so that's a really good example of a luxury magazine in the Irish market that is branded for um, you know a, a high end jewelry retailer, but it is also full of content that's relevant to the to their user persona who is yeah. you know kind of a luxury a luxury lover. So that's where our branded content will go because those kind of uh, our magazines will go because those kind of people can those brands can afford to fund it yeah. in a way that probably beleaguered traditional publishers cannot. Um, And that kind of answers the question about, you know, small Irish websites too. Although I think Image has made huge strides actually in the last number of years. It's done some really fantastic things and its website is really improving. Yeah. So I think, you know, and there's other things as well. I think people are, determined to assume that magazines will die print media will die but it won't because it's it's all about expanding your your um, reach and your your brand pillars and going into events is a really clever way to make money Um, and you know going into other things like that so uh, it's not just about copy sales at the end of the day ad revenue is definitely dying but ad revenue in terms of page rates for pure ads not in terms of branded content yeah that's, yeah. You have to be clever. Anyone who wants to work on a magazine these days, or in print, needs to have a commercial head on their shoulders. They need to yeah. be savvy. They need to be able to think of commercial ideas that can be sold to a brand.
1: Yeah. Or you know, even mm. to be able to think of really clever editorial ideas that can yeah. become commercial. That that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, Absolutely. I remember one of the first pieces of branded content that I saw and thought, like years ago, mm. and thought that's really good was on Into the Glossic like, way before they started Glossier when they did a campaign for Gucci's, one of Gucci's unisex oh, yeah. fragrances, and they essentially interviewed a man and a woman who were in a couple. They were both beautiful. Mm. They had beautiful photographs of them. They asked them where they met and how their relationship had grown. And there was one line in each interview about the Gucci fragrance. Yeah. But I read it because I was like, I want to see what these beautiful exactly. people met each other and they're really hot and mm-hmm. like they're in love. That's really good brand of content. Yeah, yep. and it was really smart. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of the time, like here, mm-hmm. if you see a branded content for a perfume, it historically has tended to be an entire page about some like all the things somebody loves from Oh, an adver- it's
2: an advertorial, yeah. yeah. And you're like, well that's boring work. Yeah, and that doesn't have yeah. anything to Well, anybody. often brand ego gets in the way there, but a lot of brands are starting to really understand the value of branded content. So, um and I actually love coming up with those ideas and talking to brands about them. So, the issue before last in House and Home, we did a piece that was like a hundred things under hundred you need for your house, and we sold three right-hand pages into that in a photo shoot into Primark, and it was styled Leslie, Ellie, Juliet. Styled it, she did gorgeous job but everything on those pages was was from was from pennies but it fitted seamlessly into the feature it looked gorgeous and it worked perfectly so it's that kind of stuff that works really really nicely not out of place not advertising not branded no logos anywhere Mm -hmm. just when you read the credits you went oh look that's all from pennies and it looked really beautiful that's the kind of branded content i want to do and in the current issue, that's just about to come out next week. Hello, me. I'm just blowing my own trumpet here, but I love doing this kind of stuff. This is how we. Home. Yes, we have sold in a DPS for a lighting brand, and it is divine. Like so, panelled walls were made, and all oh, of the lighting I think is I saw, hung. Oh,
1: so I saw a little behind the scenes. Yeah, from I probably put it up. Um, who was styling
2: it? Leslie Ellie styled it yes, again. I love yeah, working yeah. with her because she's great, um, and it all looks fabulous. And it's really, really nice. And styled really nicely. So the kind of thing that you'd be creating anyway as a as an interiors yeah. magazine. Here's ten lights we love, but it's sold to one lighting brand. Yeah, and lovely because you get mm. to be creative.
1: Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you're not because I think Ten years ago, the lighting brand mm. would have come on the
2: shoot. They would have and gone yeah.
1: like, "We want this to be in the centre, and this has to." And be And then here we want our logo here, yeah, right? We want our logo there. There's no logos in any and of this can stuff. Can we get Brian in because he's on mm. ourselves? <laughs> but <laughs> but be what I must stuff.
2: point out, and this is incredibly important, that is always promotion on the top of these things because they are branded content, they are promoted items, they are sold in, and that's something that print has to observe and does observe and never doesn't observe because we have to. It's the law. Yeah, I wonder.
1: I wonder, would it wash if you just did like? Hashtag I work with
2: I work I like lights are us no
1: I hate that so much. no it's
2: you know it's 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 no problem to do this stuff I think this I think also people have to get over the 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 shame that they feel about um, being paid there's no shame it's no problem I think you know if, if you're worried about what what you should and shouldn't declare just just tell people what you're doing there's yeah, no problem. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, like, nobody has ever been pissed off with you for being honest. No, not. Unless absolutely you're going, not. I need to confess something really bad that I did to you. Yeah, but I th- this is,
2: again, this is fashion and beauty. It's what you do for your living. Just be really matter-of-fact and upfront about what you're doing. And there is no need to ever pretend about any of this stuff. You know, there really isn't. Just be you're, yourself. Yeah, well, look, that sounds really simplistic. But if, if you feel like you're doing something wrong probably are yeah well i mean, just like let people know what you're doing it really yeah. isn't it really isn't a big deal
1: yeah well what a what a decisive note to end on mm. thank you so much for taking the time out to pop into our glamorous studio this is I where am- i was going to say where can people catch up with you online
2: they can catch up with me mostly on instagram at christy mcdermott and i'm k-i-r-s-t-i-e which i had a row with it it man about yesterday
1: Oh, and you're (laughs) at K-I-R-S-T-I-E on Twitter and you frequently get tweets for Kirsty Alley, don't you? I do,
2: and Kirsty Allsop.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, Kirsty Allsop, that story last week about how she she flies in business. Look, I got embroiled in that row. I kind of didn't blame
2: her um, I, got, I got embroiled in that row well I didn't personally but I just kept getting at it in it and, I, oh and at gosh. the end of it I was like oh god I'm going to mute her it was actually too yeah. funny
1: because she was basically saying that she feels like she needs to instill in her children the <laughs> lesson that you have to like earn your way into business class and she and her husband go in business class and they make them go in yeah. like steerage it's gas <laughs> uh, and a big thanks to all of you for listening to How To Be Sound for telling your friends which I hope you've done for leaving good reviews, which I also hope you've done, if you haven't, please do leave a review on iTunes because it takes two minutes and it really, really helps me. How To Be Sound is recorded, edited and produced by Liam Gerty, whose own podcast, Meet Your Maker, is currently riding high on the success of a nomination in the 2018 New York Festival's International Radio Awards for the episode Pulling Out All The Stops, which you can find at meetyourmaker.ie. And if you have a spare 89 cent a month, please consider pledging to me on patreon.com slash sound. I promise I will try and make
0: it worth your while. Until next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh